Good morning and welcome to the Rock and Roll Garage, ladies and gentlemen. That over there is your Uncle Jimmy. He's sitting behind the microphone bringing you Grease the Wheels, your weekly technician podcast that comes out to your speakers and ruins your day. (laughs) Or sometimes it makes your day. Who knows? Who knows how you feel about it? I don't, unless you leave me a comment. Hey, comments are best given to us over at the Facebook page that we have put up for Grease the Wheels. Okay, so if you have a comment at all, if you have something you'd like to say or maybe a subject that you would like to hear me expunge upon, I'm a very talkative motherfucker as you're used to by now, hit me up with some subject that you would like to hear me go off on or maybe if you've got some ideas, maybe you can go off on it. And if you're somewhere between uh, Austin, Texas and Rochester, New York, maybe we'll stop by and visit you and uh, have you buy us dinner (laughs) and some and some beers. Maybe we'll go swimming in your pool or go to a cruise night or get some ice cream or cruise chicks or something, okay? Uh, <laughs> all fun stuff that we could do next summer when we do what we're, call, what we're calling, anyway, preliminarily anyway, is our Chaos Tour 2020. Uh, what we're going to do is try to bring Greece. To, we're going to try, okay? We're making plans and we have nothing written in stone just yet, but we're going to try to get out there into the world and visit all of you. And I'm going to bring along my uh, newest acquisition, my newest automotive acquisition, which was a 1968 Olds Cutlass, which is easily at this particular point in time, one of the ugliest looking cars you will ever see. It is silverish, greenish, bluish, primerish with rust spots and all the trims been ripped off. But, uh, and right now it's sitting without a motor and tranny in it. So I'm going to put it together, get it running, hopefully well, get the brakes working correctly and drive it to a location near you. And uh, if you're interested at all, you can meet up with us at certain places along that path. And we will put you and maybe your friends and other people that you work with in the shops and dealerships out there in the United States of America on Grease the Wheels. Would you like that? Okay, I think you probably would. I know I would like it because I know for a fact that a lot of you have very, very interesting stories. You have interesting situations and uh, things that maybe some of the other greasers out there in Grease the Wheel Nation would like to hear, okay? So if you want to get on that, hit us up on the Facebook page. Let us know where you're at. Uh, if you're not too far from where we're trying to go, we'll stop out and see you. Uh, we want to ha- we, I think one of the requirements is at least uh, as far as we've come up with so far, is that we would like for there to be some sort of event going on, maybe a cruise in or a car show or maybe a hoedown or a festival of some sort, maybe the corn cob festival or the watermelon festival or maybe the green bean festival, some shit like that, you know? Hey, we'll drop in and we'll knock a few back with you. I drink root beer, unfortunately. Uh, you don't want to see me when I've been drinking alcohol. It's not a good thing. <laughs> but but uh, the producer, he's a drinker. He's a smoker of uh, fine cigars. Uh, if you show up on any of that stuff, you'll be friends of ours for life. So uh, get yourself on Grease the Wheels, the podcast. Uh, let us know where you are. Uh, if it works out really well, we'll do it again in 2021. If I'm still alive then, who knows what's going to happen? Who, who knows? We could die in the middle of all of this. Uh, but we will have died with a smile on our face. So uh, uh, let us know where you're out there. Give us some comments and some, and some uh, tips. And maybe, you know, if you uh, feel like insulting me, go ahead and do that. I enjoy that too. Uh, I'm a man. I can take it. I don't live in a glass house. I do throw stones, but I don't live in a glass house, okay? Uh, the subject of today's podcast, uh, after all of that has been said and done, is uh, the new guys. I want to talk about the new guys, okay? And I want to talk about the new guys to you guys that are the old guys, 
okay? Now, you know as well as I do, you, you can't be blind to this, you can't be ignorant to this. There is a shortage of technicians in the world, actually, I believe, uh, maybe somewhere in the world. There's plenty of mechanics and technicians, but uh, wherever that is, I don't know where that is. I know that it's not here in the United States where I am. Maybe it's in Australia where a lot of our listeners are. Here's a shout out to you guys out there for doing a fine job keeping everybody moving and going mobile down in Australia. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. I'd love to get down there and meet you. Uh, I don't really actually foresee that happening. I mean, what what's 15, 16 hours on a plane. Yeah, who could stand that shit? And I have to fly home and spend three hours. I fucking get so goddamn antsy. I want to fly the plane. And uh, I've come pretty close to getting myself on a no-fly list. So I don't want to do that. Uh, but you know what? If I can get down there, I will. All right? We'll come, and, uh, we'll come and see you. Maybe we'll have a big fucking party. Drink a bunch of beers and get all obnoxious. Okay? But uh, in the United States, as uh, I speak to technicians that are here in North America anyway, uh, Canada and possibly even Mexico, there is a a dire shortage of technicians and mechanics out there. And uh, one of the things that's going on is that the the younger generations, and I I really am going to try to resist calling them millennials, okay, because number one, I'm not exactly sure what entails a millennial. When is the cutoff date begin and when does it end? You know, when when does it begin that you're a millennial and when does it end? I don't know. And uh, nobody's really been able to explain it to me accurately when it is. But I'm. let me lump them into a younger group of people who are just now becoming of age to become employed in a place like where you and I work, okay? Now, I welcome new guys in all the time. And in, where, in the shop I'm in right now, we have approximately, I'd say three, four, five guys that are fairly new to the business, okay? Now, they do not have any experience, very little. They've worked on their own stuff. Uh, Sometimes they've fucked it up, uh, and it's obvious to see. So you get an idea how good they are from that. Uh, But typically, their experience is uh, very, very limited, very limited. Their training is probably pretty good. Is it top-notch? I don't know. You'll have to ask them certain questions to skunk that out. Uh, The individuals in my shop not only have uh, honest-to-God technical training from uh, an accredited school such as UTI, possibly Wild Tech or Lincoln Tech or one of these other places that are similar to that, uh, a lot of them also have the factory training program, which is typically, it runs anywhere from four to six months. And uh, it's, it's as comprehensive as they can make it, but uh, with the excruciating uh, volume of technical advances that they've actually come up with over the course of the last 15 years that I've been working for them. There is no freaking way. There is no way that they could possibly train anybody, even the most intelligent individuals in the world. There's no way they could train them to know what to do with all of the cars that come through our dealership. There's no way. There's no way. So what ends up happening is they give them a lot of basics. They fill them in on some of the stuff that they're going to need to know to get in the door and start working. But for the most part, and I I really mean this, they're leaving them half empty. Okay, I understand there's an economic situation here. You have a kid going to school for six months. He's not earning any money while he goes to school. He's got to try to survive. He needs to eat. He needs a place to sleep. He needs a place to stay. And then when he gets out, he needs a job. Fortunately for them, there's dealers all over the country in the particular brand that I work for that are just absolutely completely hurting 
for technicians. So a lot of the new guys get an opportunity without really having to work too hard and, and are perhaps able to get an opportunity to work at a dealership near where they live or where their parents live if they happen to live with their parents, okay? So what we have, we have about five, six guys of, of various degrees of experience, various degrees of uh, training and various degrees of skill. And honestly, they're new to uh, the dealership situation. And let me tell you something, as, as somebody who's been around and seen different dealerships, man, they're all different. They're all fucking different. Some of them do one thing good and, and, and another thing they don't do so well. Some of them don't do anything well, and I pray for people who get a job there. There's some that do some things really, really great and are really good and have a, a specific structure to them, like our place. I think that our place has really uh, a lot of great advantages, okay? But there's also some stuff that's dealership-specific, location-specific, that has fallen short. Uh, there's not, we're, we're a new dealership. We're the new kid on the block. We're a brand, brand, brand new dealership. We did not buy, uh, the company I work for did not buy one. Uh, a previous a dealership that was there, that existed there or in the area previously, it is completely brand new. It is an all brand new setup. There was never a dealer anywhere near this one in this part of town where I am. And this one is just a completely brand new point, they call it. It's a brand new point. And so there's a lot of things that are missing, a lot of things that are undone, a lot of things that we have no policy or procedure for. Okay, so who suffers in that particular case? Well, people who've never been in this business before suffer because they have no idea what to do when certain situations arise. Now, the rest of us, okay, a lot of us anyway, have experience in other dealerships. So we're familiar with what their policies and procedures were in certain situations, which is good and bad. And here's why that's true. Uh, you may have had, uh, and, and we ran into this early on, in certain dealerships somewhere in the country, and I can't really can't wrap my mind around this, but in certain dealerships around the country, uh, the parts department, you call them up, you tell them what you need, and they put it on the arrow and bring it to you. Now, I would like to find one of those fucking dealers because I personally am about 100 yards from the fucking parts department and I have to walk over there probably 20 or 30 times a day, which is fine. I'm kind of a fat piece of shit anyway and should probably get a little more exercise than just that. But uh, I've never had a, I've never worked in a dealership where the parts department brought parts out to you. Never. I mean, they bring the special order parts out in the morning when they come in and we they know that the car is here and waiting for them. They'll bring them out. And I appreciate that. Uh, but I've been in the parts department before in other, in other dealerships and other brands. And I've never brought parts out to a fucking technician. When I, was, when I was a parts manager and a technician needed a part, my thinking was, fuck you, come and get it, bitch. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not bringing you anything. <laughs> now, I got along with my technicians all right. So if they wanted me to bring them something, I probably would. But uh, as a general rule of thumb, that is not usually what happened. I didn't know if they were, you know, I don't know where they are in the repair. Do they need the parts right now? Do they need them yesterday? I got them yesterday, but did they need them today or do they need them tomorrow? I don't know. They may be tearing the fucking thing apart and they don't want the new parts in their way. How am I supposed to know? When they call over and they say, yo, Uncle Jimmy, would you bring me all those parts you got me? Yeah, give me a minute to get off the phone or to quit playing Tetris or whatever it is I'm doing, and uh, I'll bring you your fucking parts. <laughs> but uh, I've never heard of that happening before. So we get into this new dealership, and we have one or two guys in the dealership who are upset. They're pissed off because the parts department doesn't bring them their parts. And I looked at them like they were fucking insane. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? 
There's a place in the world where they cater to you like that. Well, you should fucking go back there because this place is not definitely not going to be doing that. Okay, uh, even though you want them to, and you keep telling them that they should, and even though you keep getting upset with them because they don't. Okay, uh, other things that they don't have policies and procedures for, and, and and you know, as a new guy or an old guy, this is stuff you have to deal with. Who takes care of the scrap metal? Guess what? We don't have anybody to do that. How about the old tires? We don't have anybody to do that. You know, and a lot of times. It ends up being the foreman's job. And you know, I've gone on and on and on about all the jobs that the foreman is supposed to do because, well, quite frankly, nobody else is gonna fucking do them. And the foreman is just a guy who's paid to sit there and look smart. Okay, great. But the policy and procedure should be that, you know, you have a scrap dumpster and that every individual technician is responsible for putting his metal scrap in that dumpster. That would be a good policy to have, a good procedure to follow. But we don't have that. And it doesn't look like we're ever going to have that because our service manager doesn't feel like he needs to do shit like that. That's not something that is part of his makeup. No. I mean, now maybe he thinks that he showed up and the place was all ready to go, but it wasn't. It's not. And there's still a lot of shit like that where, you know, things happen and things, things happen and nobody knows how to take care of them. Nobody knows what to do, you know. Now, when you're a new guy... Everything is like that to you. So what I'm going to try to say to you, what I want to say to you right now is if you're a guy who has experience and training and you're smart and you're sharp and you know what you're doing and you've got all kinds of tools, I would like for you, if you could, and maybe maybe you don't want to, you definitely don't have to. I'm just asking you this as a favor. And I'm not asking you this as a favor to, to me or even to yourself, to be quite honest with you. I'm asking you to do this as a favor to technicians all around the world, Okay. Take a new guy or new guys and kind of take them under your wing. Try to fill them in on what needs to be done in this particular situation or in that particular situation. Loan them your tools once or twice. If they don't give them back to you the way they're supposed to or if they, they lose them or they break them or they fuck them up in some way, shape, or form, don't loan them your tools anymore, okay? But at least try I know when I was new, I remember when I was new, I was an older guy, but when I was new, I borrowed a lot of tools from a lot of different technicians in my shop and I always, 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 always made sure they got their tools back. And what that meant was the next time I needed to borrow a tool from them, they were cool with it. But if I borrowed a tool from somebody in the shop and I forgot to bring it back and maybe I even lost it or I broke the fuck out of it, I know in my mind, guess what? I'm not gonna be able to borrow that guy's tools anymore, ever again, ever. So be available to the new guys. Make them, make it available to them, your experience, your knowledge, how you do things, your tools and everything. And the reason I say this to you and the reason I, I ask you to do this as a favor is because someday, someday they're going to be the old guy in the shop like you are or the older guy in the shop like you are. And new people are gonna come in underneath them. And if you treat those new guys like shit, Guess what? When the new guys come in for them, they're going to treat them like shit. And this business is just going to go straight to hell in a handbasket as if it already hasn't. So it's up to us to kind of turn things around for the business, for other technicians, for the technicians who are here now but haven't been here that long, or for the technicians who are coming here in the future to try to do this. It's up to you to try you know, you don't have to go out of your way. You don't have to do a Tom Sawyer thing where they sit by and watch you fix the car for them. You don't have to do that. You can if you want. And if they're smart, they'll let you. But uh, you don't have to do that. Just say, listen, 
you're taking that off and you're taking that off, but you don't really need to take both of those off. Just take one off, slip it off this way, and then it comes right out or whatever. And you know what I'm talking about. I mean, this is a there's a million little fucking tricks that you've all learned. And quite frankly, I would like to write a book or even make videos of you uh, performing some of these tricks that you know on some of these cars because sometimes I have to work on cars that aren't the ones that I normally work on. And I would love to know the little tricks and the little tips and hints and, and all the things that you guys know to make your job easier when you're working on that particular car or that particular car. I mean, I have a Chevy truck, but I work on a, a imported line of cars. So when I got to work on my truck, I'm, I'm a little bit lost. I don't, you know, I don't know the tricks that you guys know. I'd love to know that, you know. So impart that wisdom onto the people who are going to be working with you. They're really not your competition, especially if they're new guys, okay? And you know what? It might turn out that they will help you in the future. Let's say you're trying to take an exhaust system off a car because you got to pull the transmission out. And you, and you holler over to one of these kids who you've helped for the last two, three weeks, four weeks. You say, hey, give me a hand. And you bring them over and they hold up the muffler while you take off the bracket that holds it on. And then you pull the rest of the pipes off and you've got the job done. And this guy was glad to help you because you help him. Okay, do you understand? It's one hand washing the other and, and you really need to do that. Now, one of the other things I want to talk to you about when it comes to new guys is that they're all different. There isn't one new guy out there ever. And I've dealt with a million fucking new guys, a million. And it didn't take long to figure out if they had it or not. Okay. But in today's climate, if they don't have it, you almost have to say to yourself, well, are they ever going to get it? Because there's just so few people getting into the business. And that's really, uh, I hate to say it out loud, but it's a good thing for you because it makes you as an experienced and trained guy, as a guy who's been doing the job for five, six, 10 years or whatever, it makes you more valuable that the kids that are coming in to replace you are eh, not that fucking good. Okay, so it's not really probably going to cost you anything to try to help them out. And in some cases, it may help you. Okay, now, if one of the things that, that happens, and this is wrong, I think it's, it's seriously wrong. One of the things that happens is they'll take the gravy work from you that you used to enjoy doing and made a lot of money at. They're going to take that away from you and give it to the new guy. Do you know why? Because they're paying him 10, 15, even $20 an hour less than you. So their profit margin is larger on a particular job than it is if you do it. Okay, when the new guy does it and they pay him $15 an hour and by the time the job's done, it, it only paid him $45, whereas they would have paid you 90. Yeah, the shop's gonna make out and you know what? They're gonna do that every time. You really can't get upset with them. I mean, you can if you want. Sure, I understand it probably would upset me too, but it's just basic economics and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to bite the bullet. Should you as an experienced and well-trained guy who uh, has all of the training that they, they have for your brand, or you know you have all of the tools, should you be doing the harder stuff? Yeah, yeah, you really probably should, okay? Because can a new guy do the hard stuff? No. Are you gonna sit there and watch him try to do the hard stuff because you don't wanna do it? Well, okay, I know all of you, I know a lot of you out there are thinking, shaking your head, fuck yeah, Uncle Jimmy, I'll watch that little motherfucker struggle all day long, I don't care, and I'll do it with a smile on my face. Okay, fine. If he's a dick, if he's an asshole, and he doesn't want you to help him, and he thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he needs to have his ego chopped down a few thousand notches, then fine, let him struggle. Let him fucking struggle. Let him come to you and ask you shit. And if he's been nasty to you, you just tell him to go right straight to fucking hell. 
kid comes over to you after being nasty to you and not helping you and being a just a general prick, and he says, hey, can you give me a hand with this? And you just look over and go, kiss my fucking ass, newbie, you fucking FNG, all right? But they're not going to be like that, okay? They go to tech school, and they and they learn certain things, maybe in dealer manufacturer training programs, but they know, at least they should know, they don't know everything. They know, they should have been told anyway, that they're going to have to count on you. They're going to have to rely on you to help them out. They're going to have to learn things from you. You're going to have to show them this, that, and the other thing. You're going to have to run interference with them, for them, with with the service manager and maybe the service advisors. You know, the service advisor might come out to you, say, you've been helping the kid next to you for the last couple of weeks. And then he, the service advisor comes out to you and goes, hey, why did that kid do this? And I go, how about you ask him? Okay, because I showed him how to do that the way we do it here at this particular shop. And he said, I'm going to do it my way. And that was it. But if he's over there doing the job exactly the way he's supposed to do it, and the service advisor comes over and says, why did that kid do it like this? And you go, hey, you know what? Because I fucking told him to. Now kiss my ass and get the fuck back up front and start selling all that shit off the MPI, you dick. And that's the other thing, too, that you need to kind of take them under your wing for is to keep the other people in the shop from manipulating them. And maybe you want to manipulate them. And it's, it's perfectly all right because I feel like that's a part of the, the hazing that goes on for new guys. That I think it's, a, it's an honest-to-God thing. And, you know, some people will tell you, oh, hazing's bad. Hazing's not good for you. Fuck that. That's bullshit. Tell that to a Marine who's gone through uh, the training on Paris Island. Hazing is bad for you. Are you kidding me? Basic training in any of the military services in the United States, at least, is basically nothing but 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of hazing. They kick your ass they beat you up, they pummel you physically and verbally, you know, just like the opening uh, scenes from Full Metal Jacket where the, uh, where the drill, drill instructor is just hollering at the top of his lungs some of the most obscene shit you've ever heard at these recruits. Yeah, that's not a bad thing for them. You have to harden people. People have to learn. And, and one of the ways they learn is by fucking teaching them not to do shit the way they thought they should do it and t- teaching them the way they should do it. And oh, by the way, calling them a motherfucker and telling them that there's a stupid piece of shit and that you're going to do nasty things to their mothers, okay? <laughs> Listen, the, there's the, 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 the actual volume of new guys getting into this business is so small that there are actually, uh, there's actually a chance that you might not ever have to work with a new guy. So maybe this is falling on deaf ears. Maybe you have all of the people you need in the shop that you work in. You don't need anybody new. You don't want anybody new. And if you got somebody who rolled up and wanted to drop off an application to, to be a new guy in your shop, you just wad it up and throw it at them. I hope that I would like for that to be like that everywhere, but it's not. Okay, and it's actually a good thing for a technician such as yourself and I that have experience and training to be more highly sought after, to be more valuable, just because the laws of supply and demand say, guess what, there's nobody out there to replace me, jackass. Give me the amount of money I want per hour or I will leave and you will be fucked because there's no one to replace me. And someday, someday I'm gonna retire and someday I'm, someday I'm even gonna die. I'm kind of looking forward to that. I think actually, myself personally, those two things are gonna happen all on the same day. I'm going to, I'm just going to die and that will be the day I retire and I'll probably be at work if I know myself because uh, I, I just, I go to work and I'm just there working and I don't stop until I'm done. And a lot of times that's later in the day. So that's another thing you do as an experienced guy that makes you valuable. And uh, you need to teach this. You need to impart this to the new guys in your shop that, Hey, 
in order for you to earn more money, for, in order for you, and this is, this is what they're doing too in these technical schools, in order for you to get to that magic $100,000 a year mark that all the instructors said you were going to make in all the tech schools that you went to, you are going to have to put in, uh, you're going to have to pay your dues. That's what it comes down to. You have to pay your dues, okay? You're going to have to come into work early. You're going to have to work late. You're going to have to be available to do shit you don't want to do. You're going to have to do tires, which you hate. You're going to have to do oil changes on cars you don't want to touch the oil in. You're going to have to do all kinds of shit you don't want to do. And what you're going to get in return is you're going to get experience. You're going to get the knowledge of how each particular model of car works that you work on at, at your particular dealer. Or if you're an independent, you're going to have a chance to work on just about every fucking car ever known to man, probably. And that will be experience that you can't buy anywhere. And and over the course of time, if you pay your dues and you get the experience you need and you keep up on your training, then your value will skyrocket. And your value is going to skyrocket a lot faster than it used to because there is a deep and significant shortage of automotive technicians. And it gets worse and worse every single day. And don't forget, no matter where you are in your career, if you're about to retire tomorrow or if you're just starting a new job tomorrow and you're the new guy and you get to a point where you're not the new guy, there's another new guy who's younger than you, who's been there less time than you, you're going to have to help him out. It's going to pay you back in the future and you have to trust me on that because there may be days where they aggravate the shit out of you that I can tell you right now, there's going to be days when the new guys aggravate the piss out of you. And you got to remember that that was you at one time. And maybe you can deal with it that way. Or maybe you can't deal with it that way. Maybe you have to fire them. I know a great, great number of technicians, a great number of new guys and trainees have come into the building and they just didn't have uh, the skills and the aptitude and the mechanical knowledge necessary to do the job and they had to go. A lot of times they leave on their own and sometimes they have to be told to hit the fucking road. But in the meantime, you should make an effort to try to bring them along with you. Sometimes it may feel like it's wasted time and energy. And other times, and I believe that in most cases, it's not wasted time and energy. I don't believe, it, I don't believe it's wasted time or energy at all for a lot of these guys. Like I said, we have a lot of you guys where I'm at. And I believe that they're all worthwhile individuals who are attempting to do the job the best they can. Uh, one of the things that I battle with personally, and I'm going to just get this out there real quick and then I'm going to sign off here. Uh, one of the things that I uh, have trouble dealing with is the fact that uh, other technicians and uh, the service manager in some cases uh, are impatient with their progress. Okay, But uh, they need to take into account a lot of different things. These guys were not trained in every particular uh, genre of fixing these cars. Uh, they, there's things that they were not told. There was things they were not trained in and they have no experience. And you, as someone who has to deal with them, are going to have to have an extraordinary amount of patience. And I believe personally that that patience will indeed pay off, okay? That's it. That's enough of me about new guys. Listen, they're gonna, you're gonna be running into new guys every day, all day long, everywhere you work. Let's try to be nice to him. Remember at one point in time, you were the new guy and maybe some guy went out of his way to treat you like a piece of shit. There's no fucking reason on earth why you need to continue the cycle of abuse. Sure, a little hazing's good. Sometimes a little hazing is fucking fun as shit too. <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> but let's keep them, let's keep them, let's keep them from quitting and, and getting out of the business. We need them. We need them to help us out. We're gonna need them in the future. And uh, 
we would like for them to be there. Okay? All right. That's enough for your Uncle Jimmy instructing you on how to treat the new guy. You treat him however you want, but just remember what I've told you. Okay? All right. Until then, this is your Uncle Jimmy signing off saying see ya.